Really glad you're here to worship with us this morning. I'd like to ask you, if you would, to take the connection card that's in your program, fill that out. And uh, just if you're a guest, fill as much of that card out as you're comfortable filling out. And uh, if you're a regular, then uh, your name and email would be great. But that's an interactive tool we use. You can let us know how we can pray with you. If you want to participate in some of the things that are going on, you can let us know on that card. And there will be a chance to respond after the message, just to think things through about what God might be saying to you. You can let us know on that card and drop it in the uh, offering as sort of a, hear God, this is what I intend to do, and I uh, give it to you. Uh, I'd like to update you on the Christmas offering. We have, uh, the offering is at $2,463 today, and I, Cindy and I are, are giving today. You know, we finally got around to it. That's what it takes. You have to think it through, plan ahead, write the check put it in the envelope. And so I'd encourage you to do that. Uh, pray over it. If you haven't had a chance yet to give, we're, we're giving. We're in a message series where we're talking about the government with no end. And that's really what we're about. We're about extending God's rule in the hearts of men and women. The kingdom of God is the rule of God in the hearts of people. And it, it extends as people surrender to his rule. It, ke- it keeps growing. And that's that's our assignment from Jesus himself as a church and as individuals is to work toward that. And so as a church, we give a portion of what we receive in the offerings away to, to ministries that are extending the kingdom. And then the offering, the Christmas offering, does the same thing. We're going to give 40% to Christian Challenge, 30% to Randy and Crystal Paul, who are members of ours that are working in uh, Central Asia, and 30% to uh, other world mission causes. You can see the details on that envelope uh, that's in the program, but encourage you to pray about that and give. We're talking about, in this series, we're wrapping it up today, and we're talking about the characteristics of the king, because the characteristics of the king determines what the kingdom's like. And today we're looking at peace and prosperity, Peace is such a core goal of what we want as human beings that it shows up all over the world in hellos and goodbyes. In America, you know, what do we do? Say, hey, have a good day. As we're wrapping up a conversation, many times we say, have a good day or peace out. You know, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not that cool, but occasionally, I don't know. That may even be way, way old. That's probably 2000 and late. I don't know. Um but, I, you know, we, we say these things. Peace is a part of what we're talking about. In, in Hawaii, they say aloha. Just makes you want to sit on a beach and take a break, you know, doesn't it? Aloha. That word literally means breath of life. And the idea is when they say aloha, they want you to have, you know, have a good day. I hope, hope things are going well with you. hope you find peace and love and compassion and mercy. That's all wrapped up in the word aloha. In the Arab world, it's salam, which translates peace. Salam. I, I visited Central Asia, visited Randy and Crystal a while back, and, uh, you know, we, habits die hard. Sometimes we say these things we don't remember, or we don't really think about what we're saying, but uh, I walked out of Randy's house in the morning one day, and I had met Wally, his chogidar's gatekeeper, earlier, and I said, Hey, Wally, what's happening? How's it going? Salam. <laughs> I realized 
He didn't understand a word I said until I said salam. Randy assured me that he felt loved and greeted before, before I got to the word that he understood. But, you know, we have greetings. We greet each other with these things. In Israel, the greeting is shalom. And that's, that's the word that we're looking at in the Hebrew Bible in, in this verse we're looking at and launching from this morning, shalom. It means peace and prosperity to you. I hope things are good with you. I hope it's going well. This is the word that's described, that describes the characteristic of the king that we're looking at today. And you find in Scripture that life is good under the rule of the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 6, here are the names that we've been looking at. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is a core characteristic of Jesus, of his rule in our hearts and lives, and as it extends in groups of people, it should be a characteristic of what uh, it's like to be a part of CIV and a part of any, any group of people that, that bears his name. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. When Jesus arrived on the scene in the first century, the Jewish people were looking for a savior who would overthrow the oppressive government of Rome. They were thinking in political terms. They were tired of being under this government. They were chafing under it. And they were looking for a king who would rule by conquest and blood. That's, that's, that's in contrast to this description that we find in Isaiah 9.6. Uh, most of the Jewish people missed it because they were looking for this king that would exert that kind of force, who would rule by force and conquest. The throne name, Prince of Peace, is the opposite of that expectation. Peace and prosperity are always God's goal for you and I as we set out to serve him, as we set out to follow him. As we allow him to rule, he wants the citizens of his kingdom to, to experience peace to find prosperity. A forceful rule is also not his way. He, he created us. He made us. He put us here on this earth. And God never forces us to follow him. It's not his way. He has the power to rule by force. But he limits that. He holds that back. So we can choose whether or not we follow him. It's God's way. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. This is, this is how he is. There are two facets of the peace being described here. First one is lack of inner turmoil. You know, that churning inside. Lack of inner turmoil in and of itself is prosperity. That's, things are going well when you don't have fear, churning, despair, worry, depression, stress, conflict. And that's the focus of the message today. But the other aspect, as you set out to follow Jesus, the other thing you find is he brings prosperity. Life is good. It's good on the inside. And as you begin to follow him and live in a way that pleases him, you start making progress in the right ways in life. Prosperity. 
the part of what it what it's like to follow this king. Shalom carries those ideas, this Hebrew word we're looking at. Uh, soundness, health, prosperity, wholeness, wealth, uh, not wealth, but happiness. Um, this is something we all want, so much so that it keeps showing up in our greetings all over the world. This is what we want. Peace is characteristic of Jesus' kingdom. And so we're going to look in a few moments about at how we can get that peace. How do we experience that peace? How do we make it a reality in our lives right here and now? But I first want to look at how that's his goal, and it's the goal that Jesus keeps in mind as he works in our lives, as he works in and through us. He keeps that goal in mind, and it shapes the way he approaches life, the way he approaches things. Jesus is the Prince of Peace who promises peace to those who follow him. This is the announcement that the, the angels gave the shepherds when they, they showed up to tell them of Jesus' birth. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. There was one angel who was making the announcement. A whole host of angels show up. They're praising God and they're saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. This is not, a, not just a, some words they came up with in the moment. This describes what it's like when you please God. You find peace. On earth, peace to men. This baby, this baby that's going to be born, is born to bring peace. That's why he's coming. That's his way. He was born to bring peace and to give it to those who follow him. Here here is also in John 14, something like Jesus' last will and testament to his disciples. He's about to die, and he, he's trying to prepare the disciples and comfort them. And this is what he says. Peace I, live, I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. So don't, don't get all worried about what's going to happen in the future. I'm going to give my peace to you. And I want to explore briefly that phrase, I do not give peace to you as the world gives. And then we're going to look at how to experience that peace. But Jesus gives a peace of a higher quality than we experience on our own here on this earth. It's not as the world gives. Our knee-jerk reaction and the peace that the world gives is, is an attempt at a quick fix for inner turmoil. Whenever things start turning on the inside, what do we do? We've got to find real. We want relief. We want it to stop. We try to do it. So we take a drink and take the edge off. We find a pill that's going to calm us down. We escape to the movies. We plan a vacation or we go on a vacation. We go to Disneyland, the happiest place on earth, the place of prosperity. You know, we come up with a way to shut down the the churning inside of us. We've got to make it stop. There's nothing wrong with a good movie, nothing wrong with vacation. Disneyland can be a lot of fun. It's okay as a break. But if this is the substance of, of where you're going to find peace, it's like trying to have a healthy diet on Twinkies. Just, boy, Twinkies are... It's, it's okay for a dessert. Really, I'm not really a Twinkie fan, but 
it's okay, I guess, for dessert. Some people love them. One guy lived on Twinkies for three months, and, and he, he only took in enough calories of Twinkies where he lost weight. The nutrition experts thought he'd prove that it's a calorie thing. Not, you know. But can you imagine living for three months on Twinkies? There is not a lot of nutrition in a Twinkie. You know, 1,000 calories, 2,000 calories of Twinkie a day. Just not going not gonna to be a lot there. There's not much substance. Jesus is saying that the way we normally go after peace is, is it's temporary. There's not a lot to it. It's not real. The kind of peace that I give you is the real thing. And I, let's, let's compare the two, two kinds of peace. The world's peace is based on my strength and resources. Jesus' kind of peace is based on his strength and resources. Because most of the time, the inner turmoil comes from questions like, can I do this? How am I going to handle it if this happens? How am I going to make it if I don't get the outcome that I want? What if, what if, what if? That's where the turmoil comes from, the uncertainty. We're not quite sure if we can do it. If you trust, if you, the followers of Christ know this, if you learn to trust him, his strength, his resources, you have the peace that he has to offer. That's what his kind of peace is based on. The world's peace comes with the absence of trouble. Jesus' kind of peace comes in spite of trouble. Circumstances that are completely out of my control hold me hostage and disturb my peace. If I'm trying to find peace on my own, I, things are out of control. The world's peace depends on what I see and external things. Jesus' kind of peace depends on faith and eternals. Jesus, we said last week, he opens up a whole new realm. He's the everlasting father, which really means the father of eternity the first to break into a whole new realm, like the father of modern science, Galileo. He's the father of eternity. He opened up up this realm to us, and through his spirit, when you come to Christ, his spirit enters your heart and connects you to these resources. And so by faith, you can handle life in a way that really brings peace. You find it as you trust him. So how... Do you and I experience this peace as we follow him? I'm going to give you one word. It's the key word to experience in peace. If you're taking notes, write it down, capital letters. Surrender. Circle it, underline it, find a highlighter today sometime, highlight it. That is the way that we find peace. The greatest source of our lack of peace comes when we carry on an internal wrestling match with God. And we're we're wondering if we're going to get out of life what we want. And maybe maybe we're handling our finances. We're not sure how they're going to go. Boy, we want it to go our way. We're not sure how it's going to go. Maybe we're making a decision and we're wrestling. God, I know what I want, but I'm not quite sure I can... Somebody else is involved in this. There's other people that are going to impact whether or not this comes through. I want this. We're wrestling. There's an inner wrestling match with God. We're facing a decision. We, we just really want 
do we really want to do what God wants or do we want to do what we want? When we're managing our finances, approaching our work, career, when relating to our family or friends, there could be this major wrestling match that's going on inside. It's, it's just, as we face circumstances and trouble and think, is it going to turn out? I'm not quite sure. The, the way to find peace is surrender. God, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know if you're going to give me what I want in this particular situation, but whatever happens, I accept it from your hand. Peace. That's the way that you and I experience the peace that Jesus brings as we follow him. Peace comes when we surrender to do things his way. When we commit to accept his will, there's peace. If not, that internal wrestling match is going on. Here's some key thoughts I want to share that sort of flow from this surrender. First of all, make peace with God through Christ. Getting things right with the one who made you and I is the foundation for peace and prosperity. If you have never turned from going your own way to connect with God through Christ, That's the foundation. That's the starting place to experiencing Jesus' kind of peace. Romans 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You and I are creatures. We don't normally think of ourselves that way, but we're creatures. We've been created. We have a maker. And something that's been made, the maker of that, has an absolute claim on them. The creator has an absolute claim on our lives. It's right for him to be at the center of our life and for us to be thinking as we live our lives, how can I please him? How can I handle this decision? How can I handle this money? How can I relate to this person in a way that pleases the one who made us? The Bible says none of us have lived with him at the center of our lives. Not one of us. Every one of us has taken, since he doesn't rule by force, every one of us has taken the liberty to do life our own way. That's really, sin is a very misunderstood thing. That's really the heart of sin. Sin doesn't have to do with feeling bad primarily about what we've done wrong. It has to do with the fact that we've offended the one who made us. We're creatures. He created us. We've offended him. And it's wrong to not live life with him at the center of our being, to make things right with him, to get into a right relationship with him, what you do is you say, God, I admit I have lived life independent of you. I've been going my own way. I turn around and I want to go your way, God. I, I surrender to your rule and to your reign. When you confess, that's what it means to confess, God. You're right. I've been wrong for living independent of you, and I want to put you at the heart and center of my life. When you do that, 
you surrender, you experience peace. You're at peace with God. You've made things right with him. But at the core, it's realizing you've offended the one who made you. And when you do that, that's peace. That's the foundation of peace. Second, stay focused on God and his kingdom. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. When your thoughts are racing all over the place, they're scurrying about like all kinds of lizards going every which way. Focus your mind on him, his power, his resources, what he wants to do. Surrender to it. Trust God. You find peace. Jesus put it this way when he was teaching his disciples on how to deal with worry. Worry literally, in the passage where Jesus is talking, the word he used in the Greek is, uh, it means to be pulled in two different directions. So he gives the solution to worry in Matthew 6, and 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you well as well. Picture is we're scurrying about, trying to get our needs met, trying to figure out how we're going to what we're going to wear, what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink. We're worried about it. We're pulled apart. We're not quite sure how everything's going to come together. Jesus says, focus on my kingdom and my righteousness and all these things. Will, I will give you what you need. In the way that you approach your work, try to do right before God. Try to do it in a way that reflects well on your king. That's what he's saying. In the way that you carry out your friendships, in the way that you handle your responsibilities and your relationships, you seek him first, and then all the other stuff's given to you. You set yourself to pursue God's kingdom and his righteousness, and he will give you what you need. This unites your heart and mind and settles you as you surrender to do what he wants. Now, we have to keep telling ourselves, we have to keep repeating, Jesus was wrestling with this before he went to the cross. Father, if there is any way that I can avoid the pain of the cross, I want to do it. Yet, not my will, but I want your will to be done. We have to keep saying that because we have a tendency to take life back into our own hands and, and we have to keep surrendering to him. Third, give your worries to him. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What, what's the source of your inner turmoil? What's causing you to churn inside right now? Is it a decision you're facing? Is it a conflict? In a friendship or a family relationship? Is it, is it some responsibility that you have? What's causing? Think through what you want to ask God for. Present it to him and leave it there. The promise is you'll find peace. If you really leave it with him, which means you, pre, you present your request to God and you let him decide what he's going to do with it. You make a specific request and you wait for his answer and you're ready to accept it. God, whatever you say, that's how you deal with worry. Seek peace and pursue it is the fourth big idea. 1 Peter 3, 8 through 11. Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. 
Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Then he quotes a portion of the New Testament in the psalm. For whoever would love life and see good days, that's what we're talking about, peace and prosperity. If you want to love life and see good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. This is core to having a good life. We have to aggressively, in our world, until the day Jesus comes back, wraps up history, and, and puts his kingdom into place in reality, where we, we're living fully in his kingdom. Right now we're between the times. I've been talking about that. Until that day, we have to fight for peace. We have to aggressively move toward it, or we don't experience. And that's the way to, to experience real, really peace and prosperity on the inside. I'd like to show a clip just for fun. And we've been talking about kingdoms and stuff like that. I've been, I've been mentioning how the, the characteristics of the king determines the, um, the quality of life in the kingdom. And we're going to look at a clip from a movie called The First Night. And uh, king Arthur and Prince Malagant, they're having a conversation. And, and this prince who was one of the knights of the round table, has gone awry and he's, he's causing problems and he wants to rule by force and conquest. And there's a conversation and um, King Arthur says something important toward the end of this conversation. I'd like you to watch it. Let's watch it just for fun right now. Prince Maligant is here at my invitation. May I congratulate the king on his forthcoming marriage? I see my place hasn't been taken yet. To think that I was once first among your knights. You left this council of your own free will. We each of us must follow our own road, my lord, and mine had further to go. And where does your road take you, Maligant? To Leoness? Leoness is my neighbor. I've offered the lady a treaty of friendship. I still await an answer. You call burning villages an act of friendship? Oh, yes, my lady. Since your honored father's death, your land has been more lawless by the day. Were you yourself not attacked on the road here? You know who attacked me. I made it my business to know. The bandits have been hunted down. Justice has been done. What justice? You know no law higher than yourself. Armed forces to be given access to all Leoness. Troops to assist in the enforcement of law in all Leoness. Do you want to sign this? I'll never sign it. There's your answer. She says no. She's very brave. No, she's to be married. So, is Leoness to come under the protection of Camelot? Is Leoness in need of protection? Come, Arthur. I'm here to settle this business. We both know Leoness is too weak to stand alone. Let's say half each. The lesser gives way to the greater. And what nation could be greater than Camelot? The land of justice and the hope of mankind. Come, your hand on it. We'll all live together as friends. You offer me what isn't yours to give. 
You all know me. You know I'm a man of my word. Don't make an enemy of me. I mean no harm to Camelot. You know the law we live by. And where is it written, beyond Camelot, live lesser people? People too weak to protect themselves, let them die. Hmm? Other people live by other laws, Arthur. Or is the law of Camelot to rule the entire world? There are laws that enslave men, and laws that set them free. Either what we hold to be right and good and true is right and good and true for all mankind under God, well, we're just another robber tribe. Your fine words are talking you out of peace and into war. There's a peace that's only to be found on the other side of war. If that battle must come, I will fight it. What he says is there's a peace that will come on the other side of war. I'm not, I'm not suggesting we go to war right now. <laughs> But what he says is true. There, there, there is, we have to be willing to have the courage to have the difficult conversations at times, to humble ourselves before the people around us. Many times when there's conflict going on, things go, we want to duck and cover and just wait it out. Oh, I want to wait till this passes. Well, if you do that in friendships and family relationships, the problem only gets worse. You, you have to walk through it with people. You, you have to humble yourself. Jesus said, the Prince of Peace, he said in Matthew 5 and Matthew 18, when, you're, when you've offended someone and you realize that you need to go humble yourself and get it straightened out and make peace. If you've been offended and you can't let it go, try to let everything go, but if you can't let it go, then go work it out, talk it out, work through it. And there's a man, Scott Peck, wrote a book. He calls that the Tunnel of Chaos. When you go to work something out with somebody and, you know, there's that tension, you're, oh, I'm not quite sure how this is going to go. But on the other side is genuine peace because the kind of peace that Jesus wants to bring is real. And it only comes as we're willing to aggressively pursue it. And that's a, that's a characteristic of where he's going to lead you and I. He wants us to experience real peace. If we avoid trouble in our friendships and family relationship, hoping it will go away, the problem grows. Jesus wants us to work through this and find the other side. He's faithful as we're working through it to do his part. Genuine peace is something you have to pursue this way. Finally, we have to choose peaceful strategies. Romans fourteen seventeen. we looked at this last week. Describing the kingdom of God, peace is a core characteristic, righteousness, peace, and joy. There's also power we found in another passage. If you ever take your eye off the goal of peace, then you have just stepped outside of the realm of the kingdom of God, and you're on your own. You're not under his rule. He, he, you, you have decided to take that matter in your own hands. And as we give our lives to follow him, our relationship to him is secure. Between now and the time when the kingdom is fully realized, we can choose to go our own way. And when you step, you step outside, God lets you go your own way, and you begin to, to reap the, the consequences of that. You're on your own. Here's a description of a wise strategy. I want to wrap up with this. James 3, 17 and 18. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. It has one goal. 
to please God. Not, not to try to do what God says, but to make sure I get what I want out of this. One goal, to please God. It's peace-loving. Strategy is peace-loving. It's considerate. Being a demanding person disturbs the peace in your family, in your friendships, wherever it is. If you decide to be demanding, peace is going to get disturbed. Be considerate. Consider what other the needs and interests of other people. Um, submissive. Be easy to work with. Full of mercy and good fruit. Impartial. Don't play favorites and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. Jesus always leads toward peace. He's the prince of peace. That's what we can expect if you decide to follow him. He wants that to be your goal. That's what you're to focus on. And you're to do whatever you do to head toward peace, to move toward it, to aggressively pursue it. Settle the turmoil inside, first of all, by letting the king rule. As you give him control of your life, then you will begin to experience the peace that Jesus has to offer, the real kind of peace. And as you take control back, let it go. Surrender. Surrender is the key to experiencing the peace of God. We'll be receiving our offering in a few minutes, and I want to change things up a little. Usually I give suggestions for next steps. I'd like to ask the band to come up. And I want to give you some time just to think through what are the next steps that I want to take as a result of of hearing this message this morning. Maybe God has brought some things to mind, some things that you want to apply, some things that you want to do as a result of hearing his truth. And I want to give you some time to think through that. We've left the block the, on the connection card on the back. There's a block of space for you to write your next step in. Whatever God said to you, what you want to do to take the next step in following him. You can put that there and drop it in the offering when it comes by. That'd be great. Let's pray about this. Father, we pray that you'd speak to us as the band plays the music. And I know you've been speaking. You're faithful to use your word for your purpose. And I pray that, God, you would... You would help us to identify what the steps are that we need to take that would please you. And I ask God that you would give us the power to take those steps as we identify those. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.